0: Hello, I'm Kyle Caldwell, and this is On The Money, a weekly look to get the best out of your savings and investments. Today, I'm joined by Peter Ewans, full manager of the Global Smaller Companies Investment Trust. We're gonna be discussing the reasons why a long-term winning trend is currently out of favor, and that is smaller companies. We'll also be looking forward to assess when smaller companies will return to form But let's start off with a bit of background first. Smaller companies, they've been out of favor with investors for around two years now, pretty much ever since interest rates started to rise at the end of 2021. Those rate rises are an attempt by central bankers to rein in high inflation levels. When economic growth is contracting or is sluggish, this is a headwind for smaller companies. So, Peter, could you explain why smaller companies are more sensitive than larger companies to the performance of the economy? Is it all down to the fact that smaller companies generally have more of a domestic
1: footprint? So, I think traditionally you see smaller companies' share prices do perform worse when the economies slow down. To your point, the sensitivity around the economic uh, performance does tend to be higher you know in part that's sometimes due to the sector split of, uh, of smaller companies within the market so if you look at the, the current period smaller companies say in the UK market they're much more exposed to areas like real estate consumer side construction you know sectors which have actually been hit say by particularly by the interest rate rise sort of environment we're, we're living through so to an extent it's sort of that that is going to drive uh, weaker performance at times when interest rates are rising it's really partly down to that sector split, really, uh, Carl, uh, between smaller companies being differently structured to the large-cap universe, which has maybe got more banks and, and oil companies within it in the UK context. So I'm not sure you can say that particularly it's due to smaller companies being overtly more sensitive to the domestic economy, but an individual smaller company in a sector which is exposed more exposed to the cycle will be more sensitive than, than a company that isn't as cyclical. So... It does. And, and then you look in different parts of the world, you'll have a different sector, sector breakdown. So it, it will vary a bit, to be honest with you.
0: And of course, in a risk-off environment with those interest rate increases, small
1: companies are among the first thing that an investor would potentially sell. So that's another headwind, isn't it? It has been, definitely, yes. I mean, smaller companies have suffered from interest rate rises. I don't think you'll find many uh, smaller company fund managers saying that smaller companies won't be impacted by higher interest rates. I think there does tend to be, um, as you say, the mood towards risk aversion has, has definitely been a feature in the last couple of years, as there's been so much going on in the world, be it not just interest rate rises, but wars, um, you know, pandemics, obviously. So there's been a, a mood towards maybe taking risk out of portfolios by investors. And if they're taking risk out, then that that does mean that they tend to want a little bit less exposure to areas like smaller companies. So, yes, I think risk aversion has been a, a big factor in the last couple of years, really, as to why smaller companies have tended to uh, lag the larger larger indices. So the key question going forward that a lot of investors are one
0: of the answers to, those that have got exposure to smaller companies and those that are considering adding some exposure to smaller companies, although it's a very difficult question for you to answer, is
1: when are things going to change for the better for smaller companies? Yeah, always difficult to make too many predictions in the short term, uh, Carl, really about that sort of thing. But I think what we would say is we we feel that we are getting towards the back end, certainly of that interest rate rise period. Obviously, all bets are off if uh, there's another, for whatever reason, there's another spike in inflation from an exogenous source or whatever, like uh, the oil price surging again or whatever. But uh, You know, we do feel that central banks have moved quite extensively uh, locally in the UK, obviously, even in Europe and and obviously in North America on the most key sort of point. They've moved rates up significantly. And uh, we do feel that we may be near the end of that process. We could even be there already, uh, to be honest, in in the UK, where obviously pain in in higher mortgage rates is being felt in the wider economy. So... To an extent, that sort of headwind from higher interest rates is in very much sort of in the market. The question, obviously, I think really is to what extent are we in a table mountain type theory? I think the Bank of England governor was talking about a protracted long period of interest rates being held at a high level. That wouldn't be helpful for smaller companies if that was the case. But uh, if, on the other hand, interest rates start coming back down again um, and inflation eases, as we as we obviously we're seeing um you know good good signs of that more recently. If we see that inflation rate behaving itself and moving moving down, then that would be helpful for, for people's perceptions of interest rates going forward. And, and I think that would drive that would be helpful for smaller companies. I mean, one of the things I haven't said yet is ultimately smaller companies being more at the growth end of the the market have have suffered from that derating of the last couple of years of growth stocks in general. Um I try not to generalise too much, but ultimately um, stocks, in, in, in the, when you invest in smaller companies, you're looking more for growth uh, growth investments. And some of those higher growth sort of investments have suffered from a derating as interest rates have risen and people's discount rates have got, have gone up on the back of it. So, you know, if we do see those long-term rates uh, and short-term rates um, easing off, that would be helpful. But, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here today and say that's definitely a, a nailed uncertainty. It's obviously... Going to be as the, as the central bankers keep saying data dependent, and we will see uh, see how quickly it comes to pass.
0: And at times such as these, when you know it's been a tough couple of years for smaller company investing, do you draw a lot of comfort from the fact that you know over the very long term, smaller companies do tend to produce higher returns than larger companies?
1: I've been fortunate enough to do this job for quite a long time, actually. I've sort of been doing it really since the early 1990s, looking at smaller companies. And we've certainly seen periods of time where they've been out of favour. And, you know, as we said earlier, you know, really around times of recession and slowdown and higher interest rates. But over that long period of time that I've been fortunate to be involved in the asset class, you know, they have beaten uh, large caps in, I think, pretty much everywhere around the world. We have a global uh, focus on the on the global smaller companies investment trust that I'm the lead manager of so you know we have seen a benefit of that over the long term Equity investing is about the long term it should be we'd like to think that if we look forward that does provide some comfort around that smaller companies can continue can do well again in in the future but uh, after a difficult couple of years
0: there's plenty of logic behind the historic numbers that show that smaller companies tend to outperform larger companies smaller companies, due to the size have higher potential for growth. As the late Jim Slater said, elephants don't gallop. And this part of the market is also less intensively researched by analysts. And this gives investors and fund managers, including yourself, Peter, greater chance to gain an edge. And just to put some figures on that historic outperformance for smaller companies, there was research conducted by the London Business School. So it looked at the UK market. And it found that £1 invested in 1955 in UK smaller companies would have grown to 7,933 by the end of 2020, whereas, in contrast, £1 invested in UK large companies over that period would have grown to 1,054. So, Peter, what would you say are the main factors or reasons behind smaller companies having historically? outperformed larger companies over the long term?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a well-followed sort of bit of research done on a market indicator in the UK, which we do sort of look at. And you can see similar data for the other markets as well globally. I think it comes down to ultimately equity returns over the long term are ultimately going to be driven by growth that those companies deliver. So there's no getting away from it. You do need to deliver, uh, companies uh, do need to deliver growth to drive their share prices. And I think... Generally, again, I don't like to generalise, but smaller companies is where you do find the faster growth over the long term, the more agile companies, the companies involved in sectors that are maybe more exciting than maybe some of the more mature industries that the larger stocks, uh, the big companies tend to be focused around. So. Over the long term, I think the biggest driver to that better performance from smaller companies is they are fundamentally more exciting, high growth businesses in better sort of sectors. But, you know, over the shorter term, there are obviously going to be different drivers that do impact that relative performance. But the other thing that smaller companies do have in their favour over the long term over large companies is that there does tend to be more M&A activity, which targets the smaller companies, parts of the market. So... You will tend to find more smaller and middle-sized companies being acquired by larger companies, maybe looking to, to to increase their own growth profile. So over the years, you know, our fund and other other people's smaller company funds will tend to get a bit of a benefit from that M and A uh, outturn over the years, um, takeovers. But fundamentally, it does. It's obviously your performance as a smaller company fund manager is is very much not really going to be driven by these generalities. It's going to be driven by stock selection and and obviously picking the right stocks over the long term. So. And um, that's what we and, uh, you know, other smaller company fund managers focus more around. It's the individual company research and finding those high quality companies that can grow over the medium term.
0: So given you've got a global approach and given that smaller companies have been out of favour for a couple of years now, I'm assuming the valuations are more attractive than usual. So on a global basis, where do you find in the best value opportunities?
1: I mean ultimately the valuations for smaller companies relative to large companies, when you look at the headline metrics that you can get from sell side brokers or other sources, they, they do look cheap relative to larger companies in, in relation to uh PEs or EV but DAR multiples. And that would again would be probably be fairly consistent around the world. Again, I would I'll would just caution a little bit on that. You're not really comparing apples with apples, so the North American market as as you'll know, you know, is most of the listeners will know is, has been driven this year very much by the performance of some very big technology uh, orientated companies. So the, the actual makeup of what is a large cap in North America is very different to what a small cap in North America is. So it comes back to that point from earlier, the sector breakdown is different. But ultimately, yeah, the the performance of those North American small companies versus the large large companies is going to diverge. But in general, as I said earlier, the actual relative valuation case, as you said, is, is actually much uh, stronger at the moment for smaller companies compared to large. Providing we're, uh, we're near the end of the, if you like, the downgrade cycle from the, the higher interest rates, then we, we should look forward more positively as to how smaller companies can perform going forward. But again, it will come down to stock selection and picking the right companies that are attractively valued now um, and also that have got good uh, medium term potential.
0: In terms of countries, are there any particular ones you pick out where you're finding more value in than usual? I can see in your top holdings, you've got a couple of Japan smaller company funds. Is that an area you've been adding to or has that been a position for quite a long time?
1: We do have some Japanese funds at the top of the portfolio. Yes. I mean, it's been quite a good solid year for Japanese small cap, actually. And partly that um, comes back to this interest rate thing we keep coming back to. Japanese investors haven't had to worry about interest rates going up because they haven't been over there so the smaller company sector probably been a better place to be relative to some other parts of the world so yes we have good exposure to a couple of funds there one one in particular the eSpring managed fund that has done really well for us this year that's more at the value end of the market over there as it happens that that's been where the better performance has been happening to the question about where we're finding more value I think we've really just looking at the individual companies the flow of ideas that our whole team um, you know we've got a large team of people involved in the fund looking at individual companies having a lot of meetings etc all the time and doing visits um, internationally and it's really out of those visits and meetings it's the the ideas that come out of those the ones that sort of appeal uh, will drive the asset allocation. In the current year we've tended to find as the year's gone on we've invested a bit more closer to home so the UK and European markets have been quite weak in a small cap sense so we've actually added to our exposure there. We've taken a bit of money out of North America, actually, because North America has actually been a better-performing segment of the portfolio. But it really is more driven by the stock stock selection that we the ideas that we're finding, and maybe you know sometimes a company's being taken over that will sort of drive an outflow from a market. But actually, it's just a you know it's a consequence for corporate action. So I, I would say you know we're not really there's no massive change in the breakdown of the portfolio. We're finding good ideas across the sectors. We're finding value in some of the cyclical areas of the market, particularly, actually, I'd say more more recently, we think those sort of parts of the market are where the best value may be being found. But at the same time, we're also looking to have good exposure to themes like infrastructure investment, particularly in North America and even even more locally in the UK, where you know there are a number of companies that are well positioned to benefit from that increased spend on infrastructure.
0: So the portfolio has around a quarter in the UK at the moment. Are you able to pick out a couple of stock examples to give a flavour of where you are finding the value
1: opportunities? Yeah, well, if I just sort of carry on from what I was just saying about the infrastructure, I mean, one company we've increased our holding in over the last year or so has been a company called Kia. This is a construction business which has had a number of difficult years, to be honest. But actually, it sort of goes to prove a bit of a point around the, the individual nature of smaller companies. And you know, construction companies have generally suffered in the last couple of years from higher interest rates, uh, concerns from investors around their cyclicality and, and the downside from from that, higher costs, cost pressures. Kia's been in a rebuild phase. And from where we are now, my colleague who met them uh, just very recently thinks they're in good a shape as they've been for quite a long time. That's an example of a company that is in maybe an unfashionable sector, but is a cheaply valued stock on a single digit P.E., and they're just about to return to paying a decent dividend, so that's an example. Others in the UK that we've uh, that I could mention in the last period that we've uh, increased our exposure to or, or introduced a company called Workspace in the real estate sector. Again, a sector you might say well, uh, an unpopular sector at the moment. People's worried about the office property market. Workspace provide they do provide office space, but they also provide general workspace for a whole range of SME businesses that are tend to be growing. They need more space. Uh, and Workspace are seeing that in their centres, they're seeing increased occupancy, they're putting their rents up and they're and they're driving good profitability and higher dividends. So again, an example of a company that is an unfashionable, unloved sector, but is, and actually is very cheap as well in terms of its valuation on about a 40, 45% discount to book value, paying a higher dividend. And then maybe finally, to mention a company called Lancashire Holdings, that's an insurance reinsurance business. That sector's had a number of very difficult years. They are exposed to catastrophic losses, as their cat losses, as they're known, in areas like North America. If the wind blows in the hurricane season, they will be affected. But they've had a very strong first half of the current year. Uh, returns in that sector actually are picking up because pricing has gone up a long way in the last year or so in in insurance. So that stock is is primed to deliver a much better return this year. So. I think some of the more cyclical areas where they're sort of out of favour, there is some real value in the UK market and you know we hope to benefit from that.
0: My thanks to Peter and thank you for listening to this episode of On The Money. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating or a review and follow the show in your podcast app. And if you get a chance, please do spread the word, tell a friends about it. You can join the conversation ask questions and tell us what you would like to talk about via email on otm at ii.co.uk. In the meantime, you can find more information and practical pointers on how to get the most out of your investments on the Interact Investor website, ii.co.uk. See you next week.